Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to a post-draft edition of the No Huddle Show or Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by Elliot Shore Parks and Mark Eckel. They cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. The draft is wrapped up. The Eagles bring aboard their 2016 draft class. We'll go through all the selections, the picks, the players. Obviously, though, led by Carson Wentz with number two, the overall selection on Thursday night. Elliot, we'll start with you. We'll start with Wentz. Uh, you got a chance to, to meet with him when he met with the media on Friday. Uh, we knew he was going to be the pick. We were you know, almost sure he was going to be the pick. But uh, what are your impressions now after you know, seeing him, talking to him, hearing him, and, and it's official now, he's the Eagles' number two overall pick? Yeah, we've talked at length on this podcast about Wentz as a player and you know what we all like and dislike about him. But off the field, I mean, there's obviously been a ton of question marks with him just because of the fact he's coming from a small program like North Dakota, grew up in North Dakota, and now he's coming to Philadelphia, one of the largest media markets in the world, to play for one of the most talked about teams in the NFL. So I've had the, you know, I guess rare chance to kind of, I, I've, I've met Wentz at the, the Senior Bowl, the Combine, and then again when he spoke on Friday. Oh uh, yeah, on Friday at the uh, at the press conference, and I got to say, I came away very impressed. I thought he looked the part of a franchise quarterback. He did a really good job addressing the questions, which weren't easy. I mean, you know, he was asked when he was going to play. He didn't create any headlines with that. He was asked, you know, a few times about Sam Bradford. He didn't really rock the boat with that at all. And you know, kind of thrown into a tough situation. Um, I thought he handled that well. Obviously, his press conferences are not going to be the deciding factor in how he does as, a, as as a quarterback. But part of being a franchise quarterback is, you know, is handling that type of stuff, is representing your team in a good way. And I think any Eagle fan that saw that press conference on Friday should have came away, you know, feeling a little bit better about about that trade. Mark, how about you? First impressions of Wentz, other than what we knew about him, you know, as a kid coming out of North Dakota. First impressions of Wentz. Uh, now part of the Eagles. I'm not quite as enthusiastic as Elliot, but yeah, he seems like a nice kid. Um, handled everything pretty well, but up until his recent meltdown, Sam Bradford was a great interview and handled press conferences tremendously. Donovan McNabb, on the other hand, was never that. I mean, if you got him alone, sometimes he was very good, but in press conferences, he was kind of goofy. But I'd rather have Donovan McNabb than Sam Bradford. So I, I don't. I'm not going to base how I think about him as a quarterback on how he answers, you know, questions in a press conference or how he, you know, comes across. I don't think that's very important. Right. I think that's probably fair. You know, that's just one little, little part of, of what he's going to be here in Philadelphia, but that was the first impression. He seems like a real nice kid. I mean, you know, I want to see him play football. I'm, I'm, I'm holding back all my judgments until I see him play football against NFL football players. Cause he's never done that before. But no rookie's ever done that before. I mean, I, if you went to Alabama and you played against Florida and Georgia and Tennessee and those teams, you're playing against future NFL players. He played against a bunch of future high school teachers. So I want to see him. You know, that's all I'm saying. And I think, you, Mark, you're probably – most people are, are like that, reserving judgment on him until we get oh, to see God, him. They're not. Everybody has him in the Hall of Fame. No, I don't think that's true. I mean, I, I think there are some detractors to, to the I'm whole not, process. I'm not a detractor. I just – I think he's – I mean, he looks good. He looks – he's a nice – like I said, he's a nice kid. He's big. That's all. I, I don't. I just want to see him play football. <laughs> I'm not saying that his press conference is going to be, you know, the ultimate deciding factor, and it didn't change the way I felt about him. My only point is, for all this, you know, questions surrounding about is he? That was one of the biggest question marks of Wentz. Is he able to handle the, you know, going from a small, a smaller place to to one of the bigger media markets? I don't see how you didn't walk away from Friday at least feeling a little better about the pick. It wasn't really even a press. I mean. By handling the Philadelphia market, quote unquote, handling the Philadelphia market, 
Yeah, it was a press yeah, conference. After he throws, but what, what 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 was the toughest question he was asked? How was your flight? I mean, come on! It was an introductory press conference. There was no hard questions. When he throws three interceptions and loses a game, then we'll see how he handles a press conference. Yeah, I yeah, and I don't disagree with that. But for what it was, I'm just saying I thought I came away impressed. Fine. You, fine. You, I, didn't, I didn't walk away thinking any, anything different than I did before. I mean, who's who's had a bad opening press conference ever? Danny Watkins had a good opening press conference. Oh my God, this guy's a firefighter. Oh, he's a wonderful kid. I mean, what the hell? I mean. No, that's fair. I mean, I'm I'm not saying I think he's going to make the Hall of Fame because of the press conference. I'm just saying I thought he did a good job. Yeah, oh, yeah he did handle it. He handled it fine. He, and he had yeah, a, that's all I'm saying. Nice and, okay, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was good. But he didn't have to handle anything. Everybody was like this, you know, being, hey, you're the greatest, Carson. What's up, hey? Because <laughs> he is the greatest. No, I'm just kidding. I think the question now is we move forward with this Wentz thing, and I, I think this is what most fans are wondering is, all right, He's here now. Now what's next in terms of the fallout with the quarterbacks, obviously with Bradford, and, and we'll see when he shows up, if he shows up. And then how quickly does he get on the field? Now, I got the – this is the impression I got this weekend. You know, we knew the Eagles liked this guy. Obviously, they did what they had to do to get him. But I just get the sense from the Eagles they love Carson Wentz. And we're going to play two clips here. One uh, is of Doug Peterson on the phone with Wentz uh, as they were about to pick him, right before Goodell went to the podium. And, there, and Wentz is basically saying, you guys told me you wanted to get me, and you did get me. And then the second clip after that will be uh, Wentz with Frank Reich talking and, and basically how Wentz sold himself to the Eagles when he came in and visited. And the impression I get from both of these is, is they love this kid. How's it feel to be an Eagle? Feels terrific. Yeah. You guys, you guys sold me when I was there. I'm ready to go. I know. I know. We tried to sell it hard. You know, all I was thinking about today was uh, when you were here, in, when you were here in the building, and the way we finished our meeting, and and we were like, man, we, we we'd love to have you in this room, and you looked at us and said, hey, make it happen. So that's right. Did Mr. Lurie and Howie? They made it happen, and man, so excited, so excited. Can't tell you. Hey. And it's all it's all in on you. It's, it's all in on your toughness and your competitiveness. That's what it's all about. And look, listen, I mean, you just listen to the way Reich is talking, you listen to the way that Peters is talking, Lurie and, and Roseman talking on the phone. Elliot, I, I'm sure you, I mean, you've thought this for a while, too. The Eagles really are enamored with Carson Wentz. And, and the, key, the thought I keep having is, how quickly does that manifest itself into him playing? Do you think he's really going to not play the whole 2016 season? I'm starting to think that maybe I think it's that's be a lot not quicker true. than people think. I'm with you. I am. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lot a lot sooner than people think. And I think, you know, you talk about everything that happened over this past weekend with Wentz. I mean, if you're Sam Bradford, if you watched any of that, it just nailed the point home that this isn't your team anymore. I mean, this is why Bradford was right to ask for a trade because it's it's not it's not a competition. I mean, the you know, Doug Peterson, they'll never say this, but I think to prove it's in the pudding a lot of ways, I think Doug Peterson like, likes Wentz better than Bradford. I think Howie likes Wentz better than Bradford. I don't know as much about Lori, but I would think Lori likes Wentz a, a fair amount. And I mean, I think this is, you know, this is going to be his team, whether it be in week one, week seven, or the first week of 2017. Bradford's in a no-win situation. And I think it just shows with the way, with the, with the video or the, the sound clip you just played. I mean, they're, they're all in on Carson Wentz, and they're not all in on Sam Bradford. Yeah, that's obvious. And I, that, that's kind of funny. Bradford's in a no-win. That's been his whole career. Boom. No. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, now, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, when, when you make this kind of move, even if they, even if they sat at eight, if they sat at eight 
and 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 he fell to them, which probably would not have happened, but just say it did, and they took him there. It would still be when you take a quarterback that high. Yes, that's it becomes your you know he's the guy to trade up and give up in essence three players and five picks. Yes, he's yes, and yeah, Bradford. Hey, say what you want about Sam Bradford. Call him, people call him a baby. Call him this. Call him that. And then it's all it's all kind of justified. He's not stupid. Sam Bradford is not a stupid man. He knows what's. He saw this right away, and and I think we all did. That you know, yeah. I mean, Bradford was going to be a caretaker. That was the the plan. With our Bradford, you play this year, um, you know, and then we'll, when Carson's ready, he's the guy. I mean, that was it, that was. I don't disagree at this point that, yes, that's Bradford's job within this organization. And it's really the entire organization's job at this point. Carson Wentz is the most important person in that building. And whether or not he pans out is going to decide the jobs of basically everybody on that coaching staff in the front office. But that when Bradford signed his two-year extension you know, back in March, that wasn't his job. That wasn't what he signed up for. Did they tell them – did he? Did they maybe tell him they were going to draft a quarterback? Yes. But I don't think – realistically – Everyone, when Bradford signed that deal, nobody thought they were going to take a quarterback in the first round. Everyone can say what they want, that Bradford should have seen it coming. Nobody thought they were going to take a quarterback in the first round. So, look, should Bradford come in and, and you know come to voluntary workouts and just bite the bullet? Because at this point, he's probably not going anywhere. Yes, I think he should. But I don't blame him for being upset about this because he was a, you know, he was a free agent, or he was going to be. He had the right to choose where he, was want, where he wanted to go. Maybe he didn't have a ton of great options, but... Uh, my guess is he came back to Philadelphia, A, because they probably offered him the most money, but B, because he felt like he could be this team's quarterback for the next five or six years. And my guess is the Eagles told him they thought he could too. So I'm, I don't blame him for, for being upset about this whole Carson Wentz situation, especially now that they've traded up from 13 to two to, to take the quarterback. You know, you're right. And I agree because like, like, like you said, when, when Bradford w- resigned, the Eagles were still picking 13. They weren't they hadn't even gotten to 8 yet. They were still at 13. So right. Yeah, you and and we don't know. We'll never know unless Bradford says it publicly because the Eagles certainly aren't what they were what they told him. Maybe they I mean they may have told him the truth. I strongly doubt it. Um they or they may have told him like you said, "Hey, listen, Sam, now you're our guy. You know, sign a two-year deal now, but then we'll we'll revisit it at the end of this year, blah blah blah." You know, we don't know. We have no idea what was said between, you know, him, Tom Condon, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie. We have no idea. Um, yeah. So, Brad, I, I, like I said, I don't blame Bradford for being upset. I do blame him for how he's at. I, I think he's playing his cards wrong is what he's doing. Is, that's my own. Like he, he was dealt a bad hand, but he's playing them wrong now. He, he had a, he, he could have he could have handled this a little more professionally than he than he is. That, that's all I'm saying. I agree with that. I agree with that, Mark. I think he's playing his hand wrong, and I, that to me, it makes me wonder what's next here. I think, I think logic tells you, all right, he's going to eventually relent and show up, and I think the Eagles obviously want to start him this year and let Wentz sit for a year. That's that's kind of the company line here. But do you think that could change? I mean, it feels like the the landing spots for Bradford dried up with the, there the never Bron- was any there right. Was there, there may there may never have been any, but then when the was a slight possibility. Right. When the Broncos and Jets drafted quarterbacks, it felt like, all right, well, the slight possibilities are out the window. So Denver's done now. Yeah, without doubt, Denver's done. Sure, they traded up in the first round to get a the quarterback. The Jets never wanted them. The Jets made it clear. The day, you know, when, when we all start writing about it, our Jets guys, Dom and Darrell, came out with stories from, I'm assuming, from their Jets sources saying, 
don't put the Jets on that list. They don't. They don't want Sam Bradford. You know what's what's funny? How everyone's like, well, I guess the Broncos are out because they traded up for a quarterback. But then in the same breath, they're like, well, no, Sam Bradford should. Uh, you know, he could compete here. Like, like it's the same situation, only way magnified here here with the Eagles as it is in Denver. The Eagles created this problem. Yeah, I'm going to write that this today's Monday by Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm going to have a story up saying the you know it's easy to blame Bradford. Said, oh, nobody put a gun to his head and made him sign that contract. Nobody put a gun to the Eagles head and made them offer him the contract either. I mean, a smart company, whether it's a football or a business, anything is based off making good decisions and planning ahead and looking and seeing what's out there. The Eagles had one question to ask themselves prior to free agency beginning is Sam Bradford our guy. Can we go to a Super Bowl with Sam Bradford? If they, if they answered that, yes, then you resign him to a, what a, the starting quarterback gets, and you and you say that's our guy, and then you build around him. You draft a running back, you draft offensive linemen, you draft whatever defense. You build around this guy that you think can 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 get you there. If the answer to the question is no, Sam Bradford is not the guy that we're never going to go anywhere with Sam Bradford, then you let him go, and you save that eleven million that you gave him in a signing bonus, and you save the twenty two that you guaranteed him. And you draft Carson Wentz or whoever, if you couldn't move up, you get Paxton Lynch or whomever. And you use that money that you saved on Bradford to spend on defense or a running back or alignment or whatever else. They did. They tried to do both. And all they did was create a, a disaster. Well, you can make that case. And, but now what, I guess, is the question, right? That what They have these three guys. They're all on the roster. They're all quarterbacks. Ideally, they want to play Bradford for a year and then you know go from there. Do you, has that changed? And I, I saw Doug Peterson was asked the other day about uh, Bradford, you know, if he keeps missing voluntary workouts when he's trying to install a new offense, how that could set him back. Like, logic tells you, Elliot, it's going to be Bradford as the starter if he shows up, and then eventually, whenever that day is, Wentz takes over. But do you think that might change if, if Bradford keeps not showing up? Well, I just wonder, too, like, within the locker room, how players are going to feel about the fact that he's just being handed his starting job. Like, basically without earning it to any degree. I mean, I understand if you want to go into the offseason training and say, look, Bradford's our guy, he's our starter, and then he's there every day, and then, you know, he he does a good job and all that. All right, fine. And he went in as a starter, and he, he didn't give that job up. But at this point, even if you're Chase Daniel, are you kind of like, all right, this guy's not coming in for voluntary workouts. We're giving him the job no matter what. I don't think players within that building, I think they like Bradford for sure, but I think Chase Daniel doesn't look at Sam Bradford and goes, oh, he's accomplished so much, he deserves a starting job. So I just kind of wonder if players within that locker room are going to start to resent Bradford a little bit for the way the way he's handling it, handling this, but then also the fact that he's going to be, as the Eagles have said, I mean, handed the starting job. He is going to be the starter. They've said that multiple times. I don't think players are going to be that. I mean, if, if he misses the stuff, like, again, the word is voluntary. Let's keep that in mind. It is voluntary. And yeah, but we all know it's not actually voluntary. Is, is, is Fletcher Cox there? Fletcher Cox at least has made a Pro Bowl. I, I, I agree with that. Is, is he at this voluntary camp? No. Okay. But isn't there a difference, Mark, There's between a, difference. a quarterback not coming in at the learn a new offense? I mean, Fletcher Cox could show up in August, and he's going to play fine this year. Is, like, isn't he learning a new defense? Aren't, aren't, aren't they going to a 4-3 from a 3-4? Again, don't you think he could show up in August and play well inside the 4-3? I, like, I don't think a quarterback sure. could just come up off the street without learning the offense. I also think the circumstances around it are different. They're, it's, it's voluntary. That's all I'm yeah. saying. If, be, back, I mean, 
this whole voluntary stuff is new. They didn't even have this years ago. So, I mean, if he misses something that counts, then people will, then, then player, I think it'll be, it'll be a lot bigger. That's all I'm saying. They're not doing anything now. As of today, he hasn't missed anything that Carson Wentz has missed. Right? Carson Wentz hasn't been there. Carson Wentz hasn't been allowed to be there, though. Exactly. <laughs> so, so as of today, they, they've, they've done the, I think Bradford was there a couple days, so he's well, a, that, that, That's my point is Bradford obviously thought enough of this to show up at the beginning, and now he's not there because of this. So I just, I just think – He left he, when he traded up to number two. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. So, so I mean, we've heard Bradford talk at length about like, oh, I'm finally healthy. Bradford and I'm doesn't want to be here. Let's make like, – can we yeah, get that out, right? right? Yeah, no, I 100% agree. So I'm saying if you're a player in the locker room and you're seeing this guy's not showing up and you, and you know why, it's not, like, it's not like they just find out both Fletcher Cox and Bradford aren't here and they have no idea why. Like, you, you know why these guys aren't here. Right. You, you don't think you feel some no, sort I'm of way saying, about I that? I don't think – I use the Fletcher Cox example to say, like, I don't think it's that it's that – Devastating that he's not there. I really no. Don't. It's it's not devastating at all. I I agree, and I, I mean, think Peterson's reasoning. I'm just saying. And Peterson's going to get in trouble, by the way, for for suggesting that missing a quote unquote voluntary camp can cost you your that. He's going to get in trouble for that. You can't say that kind of stuff. It's violent. The NFLPA is going to step in and say, "Whoa, hey, we call these things voluntary for a reason. We know you expect your guys to be there, but you, they are voluntary." It's amazing yeah. how we have these back and forths when you're right, Mark, he shouldn't say and he'll probably get in trouble for it. But at the same time, like it makes sense what he's saying. If, you're, if it's valuable time, if you're trying to learn a new offense, if you're not around, like that's not good. This is the actual quote from Peterson. Anybody that's not in any of the 32 offseason programs is losing valuable time at that club. Anybody that's not in the offseason program, yes, would lose the time. So, I mean, that's what he said. And we'll see how it affects. What well, this whole thing is going for? Oh, I'm saying, but you you got to be. There's a lot of things that people say that are right, but you you can't say them these days. <laughs> right, and that's the NFLPA could could have an issue there. So we have Wentz now in the fold. We have Bradford still. Uh, you know, the waiting game continues. What do you guys think the percentage is? I'll use Elliot, one of Elliot's hypotheticals, that Bradford just doesn't come in ever. Oh, I think he'll come in. I mean. Yeah. What, He's not going to just give up millions of dollars when this. He's when, made millions. He's got seventy-eight in the bank already. But what does he have to gain by not coming in? To me, he's got to play well to get out of here. The guy thought about retiring a couple years ago. I mean, I would say that I I wouldn't say the chances are absolutely zero, but I would say the, the percentage he shows up at some point, I would put it like ninety-five percent, ninety-six percent. Well, how does he show up? What I mean, I uh, think he'll. I think he'll what come does he to say the first mandatory back? thing. Does he? Does he apologize? Well, that's the issue is, and we talked about how Bradford handled this. And, you know, when his, once his agent went out on the radio and made it so clear he wanted out, which, you know, yes, that's his agent, not him, but his agent speaks on his behalf. So there's no way his agent did that without Bradford knowing. And, and keep in mind, his agent isn't some guy that has three clients in the league and is brand new. Right. Tom Condon is one of the most well-respected, highly thought of, probably has as many clients as any other agent in, in, in the league. So this is right, a guy right. that's been around. So at this point, when Bradford – talks to the media next, which will presumably be in Philadelphia, and it'll be after one of these practices, he's going to have to admit, yes, I want it out. I mean, there's no going back on this now. He's, right. he, he can't say, oh, well, that's, this was blown out of proportion. Like, no, this has not been blown out of proportion at all. So, I mean, I don't know what he's going to say. I guess he's going to say, I was upset, you know, I want it out, but I'm here now, and I'm going to make the best of it and work. And I think that's 
It's really all I can say. Or he could just refuse to talk about it. But I'm sorry, or some he has to have some sort of an apology, doesn't he? No, I don't think I don't think so. Like what you're saying to get back on the good graces of his teammates. Yeah, but doing that, he he can do that privately. I don't know if he has to do that through the media. Does he have to apologize to the fans? I don't think so. No. Okay. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong to the fans. Do you, no, I mean? Do you, I mean, if you're I mean, Eagle, Eagle fans seem to be hurt by him. They seem yeah, to be no, that's Eagle fair. I mean, maybe he upset, should, yeah. but I don't. Maybe he should, but I don't know if he has to. I guess that makes sense. Like, I don't think he owes him an apology, but in the way that I think it would help him, it wouldn't be the worst idea I, in the world. I think he has one, two. There's two routes for him. If he does come back and he's going to, you know, suck it up and just be to be the caretaker, he's got to come in and say like stuff like, "I overreacted." You know, my emotions got the best of me. I was really upset because I, you know, I, I think this is my team, and for them to for them to trade up and and do this, I, I was hurt. I was, you know, think how you would feel if this happened at your job, blah blah blah. And then say, but you know what? I'm here now, and I'm going to make it real hard on them to take me out of line. I'm going to go out there and play the best I've ever played. And listen, I wish Carson the best, but he's going to have to come. He's going to have to. He's going to have to play really well to take this job away from. And see, that's exactly why they got to get rid of him. Like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, like I agree. That's the best he could probably handle that, right? right the best he could probably say. Right. But you can't have that dynamic going on in a quarterback room. I mean, I understand every spot's competition and blah, 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 blah. I get all that. But Carson Wentz is the future of this team. You can't have – I don't think it's good for Carson Wentz to step into a situation like that. Maybe – agree. But Maybe I'm, you can make the argument it'll make him stronger, you know, blah, blah, dealing with I'm adversity. just looking at it from Bradford. I'm just trying to play Bradford for a minute here. That's yeah. A, Bradford can't come in and say, oh, I, I give up. Well, go ahead, Carson. It's your job. <laughs> right? Right. Maybe he's better off just going, you better know. Better off going somewhere else, but nobody else wants him. <laughs> they got to get somebody hurt. Somebody's got to get hurt in camp, and they got to trade him to the team to that team. And you, they, know, they, you never want to see – no one ever wants to say the, you know, they hope someone gets hurt, but that has to be, in, yeah. in a weird way, the hope for the Eagles, right? Yeah. Like they have to have someone need a quarterback suddenly. Otherwise, I, I just think this is going to be so awkward all yeah. summer long. And then <laughs> – and like I, I was saying you know, a few minutes ago to start this whole conversation, I just have gotten the sense this whole weekend this kid's going to play quicker than – than yeah. they may have are, are saying right now. So, like, I just don't know how this whole thing's going to work all year long. It seems like it not, seems like the Eagles want to just fast forward to 2017, but 2016 has to happen first. <laughs> I think it's funny we're both we're we're all like, yeah, we we need a team to you know, like the Eagles need a team that that wants a quarterback. Well, what situation can you envision where a team that's ready to win now goes, okay, like Bradford's our guy now? You know what I mean, like, like <laughs> even if a guy gets hurt, I mean. Bradford is what he is. He's a below-average quarterback that the Eagles overpaid. So this yeah, is... the team doesn't have to overpay him. True. That's a good the point. Only, the new team only has to pay him seven, I, I say only, but seven million, which is a bargain for a starting quarterback. I'm trying to think of examples. Like, just off the top of my head, like if Tyrod Taylor goes down in camp and Rex yeah, the has Bills to win the this year. the Bills think, makes sense. Yeah, like Rex has to win this year and uh, they don't want to play Cardell Jones right away. Like, it's got to be something weird like that. How about Ryan Tannehill? God, for, I mean, again, I, I, I don't want to. I don't. I, don't I, I feel bad if the, the guys we mentioned actually get hurt. Like you said, I don't want anybody to get hurt. But Ryan Tannehill gets hurt in, in Miami. In Miami. Miami's a team that thinks. I mean, they're kind of trying to win now, aren't they? 
Well, if you're trying to win seven games, you don't know which, <laughs> what quarterback you got to trade for. Well, they, well I mean, I, I mentioned Tannehill because he's the same guy. I mean, he's done the same thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I mean, Bradford's better. I mean, let, let me say this. If, if the Dallas Cowboys had Sam Bradford last year, they would have been a lot better than what the, than the junk they put out there. Sure. Right? When Romo got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, they would have been a lot better than the, uh, Brandon Whedon and whoever else that Dallas was was putting out there and losing every week, right? I mean, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think teams get desperate when they lose a quarterback. So that, that's I think that's the only hope. It's going to be a fascinating summer if, if that's the only hope as, as we watch this quarterback. <laughs> What's going? Uh, I never and all my, I was talking to a couple other guys during the, uh, the weekend of the draft, other guys that have been around as long as I have. We've seen a lot of crazy things with covered Eagles in, in 30 years. I mean, Reggie White sued the team one time. And, you know, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of money, you know, guys holding out over money. I've never, ever seen anything quite like this where the quote-unquote starting quarterback demands a trade because they drafted another. I mean, I've just never seen it. It's, not, I'm, it's, it's new. This is all new. This is, that's, this is what makes it fun. Just when you thought you've seen everything, something else pops up. All right, before we, get, before we move on to the rest of the draft and the, and the kids they drafted, and, and some including with some character concerns, quick just guess from each of you. Uh, assuming this you know, a resolution doesn't happen soon and all three of these quarterbacks go to training camp, Bradford included, obviously, uh, when's the first time fans start calling for Wentz to play? Is it immediately? <laughs> Is it week one? Is it the preseason? What's your best guess there, Mark? Um... Bradford's first incompletion. <laughs> <laughs> he throws a pay. He he overthrows Zachers. They'll be we, the, the channel. We want Wenzel start. Oh, the fans! Oh my God, they want him now. They they hate Bradford now. So yeah, and oh, the fans would want him to start day one against Cleveland without a doubt. But I think realistically, I I wouldn't start him until late in the year. Let him sit. Let him learn. Let him watch. There's nothing. There's there's nothing to gain by by putting him out there too soon. I mean. Let him. I think one of the one of the few things I really agreed with Andy Reid did um, was the way he handled Donovan his his rookie year. And Doug saw it firsthand. He was the other guy, so I think they're going to try to do it that way. Let even if it's Chase Daniel, let let him play and come around week ten, eleven, see what the record is, and then you ease him in. Elliot, your best guess when when do the we want when chance start? <laughs> Well, I've already got him started. So, you, you know what I mean? So, we already have the answer to that. No, I mean, I, I agree with everything you guys just said. I mean, this is why Bradford wants out because who wants to watch him play for this team anymore? Nobody. So, just not saying you start Wentz, but I think, I think if Chase Daniel is out there, you have a better chance of the fans giving Wentz a little more time. Just I think there'll be a clear plan in place. Whereas with Bradford, and look, here's the other thing, actually, we should probably consider. Bradford's going to have a good training camp in preseason. I mean, he's going to. Like, that's where Bradford thrives when the game needs, means literally nothing. So, like, you know, I do think that once, you know, reports come in from training camp that he's playing well and he'll, he'll light up the Indianapolis Colts in the preseason like he did the Packers last year and fans will get behind him a little more. But, yeah, I mean, it's like, like, it's like Joe said, 2016 has to happen. I know we're all talking about 2017, but. You know, I just don't see what benefit there's having Bradford on the roster. But we've we've been over this. But I just I don't I see zero benefit to it at all. I agree 100. percent I I don't always agree 100 percent with you. I agree 100 percent with you on that. There's no benefit. There's nothing. Nothing good could come out of this. Well, for now though, he's there, and we'll watch this thing play out. Well, let, me, right, wait, let me say what. Well, actually, let me say one thing before we move on. Because we during the draft, uh, 
a bunch of the writers were debating this. And one of the common things people said was, well, maybe you can flip Bradford for a second round pick at the end of the season. So you play Bradford all, all whatever games he plays. He plays you know, well enough. You win seven games, eight games, and then you trade him for a second round pick. That's probably the best case scenario for this team, right? Like, but I don't think that is a good thing either because then for, for two reasons. One, then you set – let's just say whatever reason the Eagles win eight games this year, which I know, Mark, you don't think there's any chance it happens. But let's just say they win eight or nine games, right? So then when you cart, I mean, do you, do you bring Bradford back? Like, do you, even if, if you trade him and Wentz comes in and he doesn't win eight games, then what? Does, is, is that a step back? I mean, like, like you're, you're saying, no good of this. Nothing, right. That, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Good. There's nothing short of Sam Bradford winning, taking them to the Super Bowl and winning it, which I think is what's the percent of that happening? Give me a number. Like, yeah. One, one percent. Okay. Nothing, then, then nothing good can happen. It's like you said. It's just setting things. No, nothing. They got to do something. I don't know what they could do. I don't know. I don't know what Bradford can do, but it's just. There's a, it, an, it, to me, it's almost like there's value in terms of just you know you know football value, and then there's real life value. Like obviously, if he plays pretty well and they can get a second round pick from him, that's that's a good scenario football value trade wise. But then, like Elliot, I think you're getting at. Then it just opens up a new can of worms for hey. the next season and Wentz and all that. So uh, it's it could be considered a no-win situation. You know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But what I think it's going to be fascinating. What if he plays even worse than he has in the past? Well, that's the worst. Well, then that's awful because you get nothing for him then. Yeah. And then he has to sit on the bench while Wentz plays. And it's just yeah. no. Oh, that's what I'm saying. And nothing no, – I can't I, – again, crazy things have happened. I just can't see anything good coming – from having those three, having Wentz, Bradford, Dan. I mean, poor Daniel. He's like Malcolm in the middle here. He has, he's just like, well, I don't know. But yeah, he's uh, just cashing those checks, though. I mean, <laughs> poor Daniel, right? Yeah. Just maybe confused Chase Daniel saying, "What did I walk into?" But yeah, uh, besides a ton of cash. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about the rest yeah. of the draft. So the Eagles made uh, seven other picks, other than. Uh, other than Carson Wentz, obviously at number two, none of them between two and 78. 79 uh, was their first pick after Wentz because of the trade they made. Uh, instead of going over each individual name, c- kind of give me an overview of what you thought of their draft and maybe your favorite or most intriguing player of the mix. Elliot, we'll start with you, then we'll go to Mark. So if you just completely take Wentz out of the equation, because I think we all agree that how, however Wentz turns out is, will be the deciding factor. All right. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. So if you just look at their other seven picks. I I didn't come away very impressed at all. I mean, I don't I don't like either of the two offensive linemen they took just off of what I've read. Obviously, I'm not going to pretend that I watched these guys play yet. But just off what you've read, I didn't come away impressed with either of the first two offensive linemen they took. The running back only has 12 touchdowns in three years, which isn't very impressive to me. And for what it's worth, off the field doesn't seem like the best addition to the locker room. Um, I mean, Jalen Mills in the last round, uh, you know, yeah, you can make the argument he was a second or third round talent, but obviously not because he fell to the seventh round. And then he also has the issue off off the field with, you know, the domestic violence. So, I mean, I just, you know, maybe Chris McAllister out of Florida is seems like a really good athlete. and Off the field issues. Yeah, again, off the field issues. Um so I don't really think there's any player they took that I came away – other than Jalen Mills, I will – but then, you know, other than Jalen Mills, I don't think there's any player they took where I'm like, I think this player has a chance to actually make an impact on the, on the roster next year. 
Mark, your thoughts? I know you talked to a lot of scouts around the league. What's the overwhelming feeling about this Eagles draft outside of Wentz? It was a draft, and and you could include Wentz in this. This draft was definitely not a draft for 2016. It's like you said earlier, Joe. The Eagles think it's – the Eagles think they can just get by this season somehow because I don't know how to I – mean, again, it's, it's crazy to, to, to judge a draft a couple of days after. You, you, you really want to wait a couple of years. Down the road, this may turn into a decent draft. Well, if Wentz is good, it'll be a great draft. But um, they didn't get – I don't think they got any immediate help from this draft. I don't I – don't, maybe the, the third-round pick, the guard center from Oregon State, maybe they said a whole challenge for a spot. But um, the scouts that I've, that I've talked to – some like him, some don't, and the, and those who like him like him as a center. They think he's a center, not a guard. So maybe they did get Jason Kelsey's eventual re, re, replacement, which wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, the tackle is a project. Um, I actually like Blake Countess a little bit. Yeah, um, he's a little undersized. He's only five nine, um, but he's pretty tough. Um, he he played at Mick. He's very smart. Um, he, you know, he played three years at Michigan and he was a graduate transfer at Auburn. So he's played in two good big 10 and, and, and SEC. So he has some good pedigree there. Um, he runs well, kind of reminds me of a, and I, you know, Brandon Boykin type maybe, cause he was undersized as well, but a little stronger, I think than Brandon Boykin. So I think this guy will compete, uh, could be your nickel or dime in the right situations. If things go well, uh, should help on special teams. So I think of all the guys in this class, he, I think he could help in the most. Well, and the running back, um, who Elliot touched on, I think Smallwood. he'll play. I think he'll play, right? I mean, he'll be in the mix at running back, I would think. You hope, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think he's going to start. But I mean, I think they might all make the roster. I just don't oh, know yeah. yeah. I mean, they make the roster because they don't want to cut their own draft picks. But, I mean, playing in terms of being on the field, getting getting quality snaps – I think Countess and um, uh, Smallwood, the, the, the running back, I, I think they'll play the most. I don't think the lineman, unless the guard's better than I think, and he can win a starting guard job, I mean, he'll be, he'll be a backup. The tackle probably won't even dress for, for, for games, I don't think. Might even, no. might even be on a practice squad, for that matter, depending. They have, they have a ton of offensive linemen now. Um, McAllister, I don't know. I have no idea about him. Mills will probably make the team again. Probably maybe play a little special teams, but yeah, this wasn't a um, impactful draft. This wasn't a. I, you know. I'll say this: it wouldn't outside of Carson Wentz, maybe seeing the field. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't get one start or one impact play from the rest of their draft picks this season. Like if you told me at the end of this upcoming season, name a big play one of the rookies made. It wouldn't surprise me if I couldn't think of one. No, well, that, that's very possible. That's very, very, very possible. I mean, so. I mean, I, unless the unless on like you know maybe maybe uh, Countess forces a block punt or something on special teams or right re, re, recovers a, a a kickoff fumble or something. I mean, something like that could happen. I mean, I, but I think that's what. I, yeah, I don't. I agree. I don't think it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all. Before we wrap this one up, guys, and, and kind of put a bow on on this episode and the Wentz talk for this week and, and this and this draft class. Um, you guys mentioned the the kind of the characteristics or the red flags. Three players had them, and um, I'm sure the Eagles vetted this. I'm sure they decided all three individually in a vacuum were fine. But I think it stands out to some people that there were three different players. So Smallwood, the running back kid from Delaware, had the tweet that people dug up, and also had a, a legal issue while he was in school. Uh, Jalen Mills, Elliot, you uh, tweeted out on Sunday night 
a kind of a screenshot of an article, I think, from NOLA.com on, on the, the issue that, that Jalen Mills had when he was accused of uh, punching a woman. And then Alex McAllister, defensive end from Florida, I don't know exactly what happened with him, but he was dismissed from the Florida team. So three different players in this class, three different kind of character or red flags. What do you think of the fact they drafted three of these guys? I mean, do we make anything out of it, or is it just maybe all three individually they were okay with, and it just it just happened to work out that way? Elliot, what did you think of that? I mean, obviously the the main reason this is kind of being talked about is because of the whole chip thing, where right. for his three years, I mean, you know, it was all about culture, and culture beats talent and all that. And I don't think Howie specifically went about doing that just to prove a point to Chip. But I do think it does speak to a new, you know, obviously a change that the Eagles are okay now taking chances on these guys. And to me, the interesting thing is everybody, you know, I'm not here to compare seriousness of domestic violence or anything like that. But when, you know, when Greg Hardy, when those pictures came out of what, you know, of the incident he was involved in, a lot of Eagles fans were like, oh, this is so Cowboys. And, you know, how could a team ever support somebody like that? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd be interested to know if the picture of Jalen Mills' girlfriend laying on the ground, knocked unconscious, came out. You know, how how that would, Eagles fans would make them feel. Because, and, you know, we should, we should preface it all by saying this, that he was never charged with anything, Jalen Mills. And there's been some speculation that maybe it was actually his girlfriend that, that hit his, that hit the the woman but he did end up serving a year of community service and he was involved in the incident somehow but i just think it's interesting how you know like now the eagles the, these are the type of guys the eagles are going to draft now so you know everyone made fun of the culture thing but you know the i don't know just i think it's interesting to see how eagles fans will handle you know jalen mills and that, that type of thing mark what are your thoughts on those three and specifically and, and kind of the the red flags taking on chances with those kids yeah i'm I, I... I'm I'm not in favor of it, to be honest. I mean, especially with the rules the NFL has now. I mean, they're going to suspend guys. And they don't even – like Greg Hardy, who, you know, he's the poster boy now for everything. He was never found guilty of anything by the law, right? Right, by the court system in, in North Carolina, was, right. Was not found guilty of, of doing anything wrong, yet he was still suspended for a lot of games by the NFL. So, you know, it, it's a different league now. It, you know, they – Things that they don't turn the other way anymore. So you got to be careful, not just because you don't want that kind of guy on your team, which I don't, but that's just my opinion. But they're going to get, I mean, if, if, if it happens again, they're going to get, I mean, it could, to anyone, they're going to get suspended. They're going to get, it's just not going to happen. I mean, they're, the, the league doesn't put up with that kind of stuff. Um, again, we don't know what the kid in Florida did, but to get thrown off the team in Florida, that's, that's all I'm saying. And, and the flip side of that is, you know, like this was the whole thing with Chip again. Like, you know, they get rid of LaShawn McCoy, they get rid of Deshaun Jackson, they get, you know, those type of guys. But on the flip side, I think Jalen Mills, I just said a few minutes ago, I don't think any rookie will make an impact outside of maybe Wentz. I think Jalen Mills has the best chance of any rookie to make an impact. So, you know, it's, this is what it is. There's, this is why Jalen Mills falls to the seventh because he has those off field incidents. So maybe, maybe Jalen Mills turns his career around. I mean, it's not his career. Maybe Jalen Mills proves that it was just one incident and, you know, nobody should be completely thrown away because of one mistake they made, not to minimize it. But I'm just saying you never know what's going to happen, but how he's willing to take a chance on these type of guys. So that's clear from off the draft. I don't know how good Jalen Mills is. I know he wasn't as good as some people thought. He, like some people had him in the second round. That was ridiculous. He was not a second round pick, but he could have been a third or fourth maybe. But the reason, I mean, 31 other teams passed on him a lot of times. Yeah. That, that tells me something. 
No, it, it's certainly part of the, the equation there. And I guess we could just kind of sum up this draft as taking a chance, right? They took a chance on those three kids. They took a chance on Carson Wentz. And sooner than later, uh, we will find out how it all comes future. together. I call it a future draft because this could, by 2018, this could be a really good draft. I mean, Wentz, be great. Could, Wentz could be entrenched as the starting quarterback. Uh, the kid from Oregon State could, could be the starting center. Uh, the running back could be, could be you know, a pretty good running back. Um, Sam Bradford will be making good backup money somewhere. <laughs> and I hope you know, he, he, money's not an issue with Sam Bradford. Yeah, you know, Countess and and Mills could be part of a second. I mean, in in 2018, this could look really good, but in 2016, as Elliot said, I don't see anybody really helping this team win a game in 2016. So it is a it's a future draft as the Eagles uh, look forward to the future, and we will look forward with them, and, and obviously the president as well. Play that season, Joe, like you said, if, if they could just fast forward, they'd be they'd be good. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you play Madden, you just simulate a whole season and go to the next one. Well, you, know, you can't do that in real life, so we're gonna we're gonna have to go through it one way or the other. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about where the Eagles are and and kind of some more fallout from all of the quarterback uh, issues and and the logjam they now have. We appreciate you listening, Elliot. As always, thanks for doing this. No problem, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. Take care. And thanks to all of you for listening to the No Huddle Show. If you like the podcast, make sure to give us a rating on iTunes. It helps the show grow. We'll be back with you guys next week uh, right here on NJ.com.